I'm Amber Brooks, a defender for the OL Reign, and I'm listening to the Circling Seattle Sports Podcast. Hello, and welcome to episode 71 of the Circling Seattle Sports Podcast. We have a full full roster here today. Um, somebody here has been quite busy. Well, I can't say somebody. We've all been quite busy, but Omari is uh, another obligation. He's writing um, for a company, so that's very cool. Very uh, big slap on the back for Omari there. Um, but man, we've, we've got uh, another full week, which I don't remember last time we had a slow week, really. So let's kind of jump into things here. No free agency signings for the Seahawks this week, which finally have been quiet since... Uh, who's the last guy? I think Alden Smith was the last guy that we signed outside of like undrafted free agents. And to be um, totally fair, the rest of the league has been pretty quiet as well. Yep. So outside of uh, Julio Jones news, um, but he hasn't moved. So uh, in other team related news, Quandre Diggs is officially changing his number to number six. Uh, quick thoughts. How do we, how do we think about uh, number six for Mr. Diggs here? That's going to be dope. I like that. I can't wait to see that, that three to six. I like, I like, I just like the more numbers. I like the, I always like that in college football. Like uh, who was it? Uh, Chase Young with two. Like that, that was fire to me. So I, I just think it's going to be cool to see. Reminds me of when we had a quarterback at O'Day who was number 76. Oh, God. That? Oh, my God. Uh, huh? A linebacker? Wait. Warren King. Yeah, Warren King. Who was oh, my nasty. God. Yeah, uh, no, had to come in and like emergency duty, right? And they, uh... Emergency quarterback then got concussed. <laughs> uh, the origin story of V. Scott. Big, uh, oh. <laughs> yeah, big, uh, big shouts to Warren King there. Kind of forgot about that. Yeah, but it'll be, it'll be something to note as I believe Dwayne Eskridge, uh, has number one. And it's kind of like if you've got number one, you kind of have to perform. So that'll be something to watch. Um, interested to see what sort of numbers change here. Uh, the whole 2021 draft class is now under contract. Not very difficult when you've got three guys, but yeah. Still good, still good to have. You don't really want to start the uh, start your tenure off in the NFL with a contract dispute. Malik McDowell. Um, who? Malik McDowell. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I know you guys would really like this news. The three preseason games that we have were given dates and times. Yay! Um, August fourteenth, the team will travel down to Las Vegas to play the Raiders at six p.m. August twenty-first, the team will come back and play the Broncos at home at 7 p.m. And August 28th, they will finish up the third preseason game and the final preseason game versus the Chargers at home at 7 p.m. Um, and then a slew of comments were made by Coach Pete Carroll, uh, Russell Wilson, and DK Metcalf's, Metcalf? Metcalf's, Metcalf about uh, the offseason and everything that's kind of uh, taken place in regards to comments that were made and as well as offseason moves. First off with Coach Carroll, uh, he said that Wilson, the Wilson drama is old news in air quotes, as well as the saying that this offseason created a refocusing, making sure that everyone is on the same page. Uh, Russell Wilson said that he's, well, Russell Wilson is reportedly very happy with the moves that were made in free agency and in the draft. Uh, and he also, there's a belief that Wilson and the Seahawks are in a better place now following um, the trade rumors. Um from earlier in the offseason. And then DK Metcalf 
said that we filled a lot of question marks uh, and he believes that the Seahawks improved this offseason. So just taking those things into account, um, how, what do we think about those comments, you know, from those three guys and uh, how are we feeling, uh, consider, you know, how are we feeling about the situation uh, moving forward? And I'll, we'll start off with Bennett here. Well, you know, I mean, we're getting to that point in the offseason where a lot of things just aren't necessarily happening as much. So I, I guess that I'm pretty fine with what we've done, and I'm glad that they're finally quelching the rumors a little bit um, because it's been such a long season, see off-season long storyline. But I will say I'm not – I'm a little reticent to say we've improved. I don't think we've backslid at all, but considering where our pass rush – ended up being i don't know if alden smith is that big of an improvement just because i mean well, his status on the team and, is jeopardized yep yep um by legal hearings and whatnot i hope he doesn't get stuck in legal purgatory like michael kendricks did um because that would suck and you still don't, don't know if he had his trial yet I uh, know it got delayed again so it's just you don't you don't want that to happen to anybody especially when it's like are they delaying it so the prosecutors can come up with some BS, so on and so forth? And especially with uh, a case so ambiguous as Alden Smith's, you can't really make a direct uh, decision quite yet. So, in, have we improved? Eh, I don't know. I don't think I don't. I don't think there's been anything so visible that I'm confident saying yes solidly. Amara, your thoughts on the comments made by these three these three gentlemen? Uh, well, mainly it's just nice to see your QB and your head coach in sync about things. That's always good. I feel like that's the real key to success right there. Uh, you know, with that, like, example A, fucking Green Bay, where <laughs> those guys are not in sync. So I think the Seahawks will definitely be an improved team just with the fact that I feel like we're going to get more of, like, Russ's – potential like tapped into with them both being like in tune on what they're thinking about now. Like, I feel like that's really important because I feel like last season where we were wrong in the second half is where they weren't in tune properly. And I feel like we're about to get them more in tune this season than we did before. But uh, no, I kind of agree with Bennett where I don't feel like we really improved that much either. So we'll see as long as like, I feel like we still have the talent and the potential there to win, you know, you know, we didn't improve. I feel like it, a lot really relies on uh, letting Russ cook again, but like not letting it go to his head. Like when he trademarked that shit and then immediately started playing terrible. You so know, I and was, go ahead. Like, I, said, I said go ahead. He's letting you go, Omari. I said go ahead. Oh, no, that's all I had to say. <laughs> Bro, um... And I think, you know, and I just want to add on that um, there isn't exactly a player that I'd look at, but I would look at the the casting away of head coaches to, or not head coaches, the casting away of uh, our offensive coordinator to be an upgrade. I'd say that Waldron has me way more excited than uh, Schottenheimer ever really did, so... We'll see. I mean, I think it is just a lot of we'll see, but in my opinion, 
I, I do think that the personnel changes are a little more promising than the player changes. Yeah, I think that's something that's important to note. Um, just because you know you look at it, the the big uh, hope is that Waldron and the offense can really utilize different strengths of the uh, the the personnel that we've got on the offense, and we're we're way we're very much probably looking at more two tight end sets with Bisley and Everett, um, which is exciting, but also getting Dwayne Eskridge involved. Um, I don't know. I, I, I believe that Gabe Jackson is an improvement over Mikey Potty and that's no disrespect to Mikey Potty. He just couldn't stay on the field. So you're looking at guys like Jordan Simmons coming in and playing and um, oh, shoot. Will Fuller uh, sometimes playing in there. Uh, you know, so when you, when you've got a, question mark at that guard position it's not exactly a good so I think you throw Gabe Jackson in there that's an improvement not too sure where we stand with Ethan Ethan Pochich uh Pochich um if we if we take the legal issues out of the equation which is not something you can do in real life obviously but you know, we say things end up fine with Alden Smith I think you've got some more depth at defensive end than you've had in previous years uh d tackles kind of interesting obviously you've got puna ford uh al woods is back interesting to see what he does at his age um linebacker still would like to have kj right back we're still kind of in limbo there Uh, i'm i'm more so on this team if we're looking at any certain position i'm looking at cornerback i know we drafted trey brown and signed a killer witherspoon but those are those are variables that I haven't really obviously seen um, be integrated into this defense yet, so I can't comment on that. So I'm really my big question mark, at least right now for the season, is looking at the cornerback position. Um, I feel like we're good at safety and nickelback, and I, I'm confident in those positions. You know, with Jamal Adams and Quandre Diggs and uh, Marquise Blair coming back healthy, um, and Ugo Amadi behind him. Um, I'm just more interested to see what the guys on the outside do uh, and how they play after what happened last year. Um, and Bennett's favorite quarterback, Trey Flowers, you know, hopefully having a big year this year. Um, the only other thing that's coming to mind, uh, not coming to mind, the only thing we have in the docket for NFL is that the NFL is looking into the alleged discriminatory comments that were made by a team official to Eugene Chung during a job interview. Um if you don't know what we're talking about in that regard, um, Mr. Chung had an interview with a team and they told him he wasn't the right minority. Um, huh? Yeah. So, and that people have been quick to say that's BS, but at the same time, you have to be an adult and you have to really wait for things to come out and for things to develop. You can't really, I mean, I've, I've learned this in what we're 19 boys, 19, 20. I mean, come on, yeah. you, you can't just jump on something and just, you know, claim BS immediately. So I'm, I'm going to wait and hear what happens, but yeah, that's uh, what Mr. Chung said. And the NFL is going to do their investigation. Um, I mean, if that was right, yeah, not the right minority. So um, hopefully that gets, uh, they get to the bottom of that and the NFL, you know, um, if that comment was made, then they punish the team for that, and hopefully they get put on blast because that that sort of thing is not acceptable. Um, Wasn't the exact words like a demographic? 
Uh, no, I believe the words were not the right minority. Got you. Let me make sure that's correct, though. Uh, yeah, not the right minority. Wild. You know, I mean, it's these like, I don't know, it's going to sound maybe a little culturally elitist. Or, um, <laughs> but uh, it, it, no, it's going to be like a criticism of the elite. It's the front office, guys. Like, you know what I mean? It's these, I'm like, with no, okay, Fred, oh, Mari swore first, so. It's the fucking nerds. It's the dudes who sit in the fucking office all day who've never been exposed to the sport in their life outside of, like, running the numbers and running the analytics, and you sit down with them, and they just say the stupidest shit. Look at the guy from the Mariners, Mather. Like, you know he's never touched a baseball in the last 15 years. He's just sitting up there, man in High Castle, being, you know, big shit on campus, tearing down players of, like, ethnic descent. And with this comment being so obviously targeted uh, with so many layers of egregious racism, uh, it's unacceptable. And, like, sports, from an outside perspective, if if you don't have a loose, if you don't have a grasp of sports culture, you'd think... You'd think that'd be one of the more progressive sectors, um, but the second you think about it a little harder, it, it gets really problematic. Uh, with guys like Jerry Jones being who they are, with guys like Robert Kraft being who they are, it, it's a it's a it's a it's an interesting subsect of our culture. Like you said uh, with Mather, that kind of shit. Um, and yes, I know Amari started it, so we're gonna roll with it. Um, it's not gonna fly and it should have never flown but now we're in the point where it's it's really important that uh those who make comments like that and those who uh whose actions reflect their true being uh, are punished to the full extent and so that doesn't happen again you make an example of it um and hopefully you know you get to a point where this is not something that ever happens again obviously that's difficult but um it starts with just being educated, you know, like you said, it's, uh, it's, uh, I mean, you guys have been in the locker rooms, you know, it's, if you're going to play a sport, you know, that it's, there's going to be so many different backgrounds that come into that, that team and, um, that help you win games and you, you make bonds with these people and it doesn't matter where they're from, you know, it's, it's, uh, you spend time with these guys. So, you know, um, yeah, that's just ridiculous fucking shit. And I hope whoever that team was or whoever that person was who made the comment, they get punished to the full extent. Um, and we hopefully don't see them in the league at all. Right, you know, there's there's no place for that. Um, we're going to switch hats now, quite literally and figuratively. I know you people can't see the video, but I am switching hats. Um, Seattle Mariners regular season is continuing. Uh, it, it, with the exception of today, it was a relatively rough week. Uh, May 17th versus the Detroit Tigers in the first game of a three-game series. The team will lose 4-1. to one. Uh, Player of the game, catcher Tom Murphy with one hit, uh, one run in an RBI. Uh, May 18th versus the Detroit Tigers. <clears throat> Big sigh. The team lost 5 to nothing. No player of the game here whatsoever. Uh, Spencer Turnbull of the Detroit Tigers, no hit the Mariners. Uh, the Mariners get no hit for the second time in 14 days. He gets player of the game. Yeah. 
the fifth time since 1900, uh, fifth team since 1900 to be no hit twice in the same month. Uh, I don't have a stat for you about uh, what teams have been hit twice in 14 days, but the Mariners would be on that list of teams if there is one. Um, Again, just to repeat from last week, um, it's more so a statistical anomaly, but it is a reflection of uh, the state of the Mariners offense and the Mariners bats. And man, is it uh, very, very difficult. Um, May 19th versus the Detroit Tigers, the team would lose six to two. They didn't get no hit that day. Uh, Played the game, third baseman Kyle Seeger with a hit, a run and two RBIs. That hit would be a two run homer that made him the home run leader at T-Mobile slash Safeco Field. Um, so good for Kyle. Um, May 21st, the team would travel down to San Diego to play the Padres. Man, things don't get any easier here. Uh, in that first game of the series, they would lose 16-1. to I'm not giving anybody player of the game honors for that. That was just horrendous. Um, I'm giving it to Fernando Tatis Jr. Tall man hit home run far. Tall man flip bat. Scary. Um, May 22nd at San Diego Padres, they would lose six to four. This game was at least close and uh, got close near the end of the game. Uh, I'm giving it to Kyle Seager again, uh, third base, two hits, one run, one walk. Uh, milestone in this game, Jose Godoy uh, debuted. He was the 20,000th player in MLB history. Um, so, you know, congrats to Jose there at catcher. Um, hopefully he can make the most out of it. Uh, as Luis Torrens was sent down to AAA Tacoma. We will get to roster moves in a second because, man, are there a lot of roster moves to note. But, uh, I mean, I guess that's pretty cool. Uh, May 23rd at the Padres in the last game of the series, the team would lose 9-2. to Player of the game, Justin Dunn with uh, – he's a pitcher, if you don't know. Uh, but we'll get to the, why I mentioned that in a second. He had five innings pitched. He only hit – only gave up the one run uh, on one hit, which was Fernando Tatis Jr., um, and four Ks, but he, as a hitter, he had a hit and he drove in a run. So very good for Justin there. Uh, the, easily one of the better batters in the past week for the Mariners, apparently. Um, and then May 24th at the Oakland athletics in the first of a three game series. And the first time the team has played the athletics this year, uh, they would win four to two, uh, play the game center fielder, Kyle Lewis with a hit, a run, two RBIs and two walks. Uh, really all over the field. He had a good catch too um, later in the game, uh, but he had a home run there. And uh, Jared Kelnick also had a home run. It seemed like the off day was really good for the guys. Uh, and Keenan Middleton got a save. He has three saves on the year. Love Keenan Middleton. He's really cool. Um, we get to the player of the week segment. Um, this this one's kind of tough just because of the uh, rough week that we've had. Um, I picked Mitch Hanniger just for his, his – uh, his numbers over the last seven days. Uh, that's kind of how I've been going uh, with this. Excuse me. Um, four hits, two runs, one home run, one RBI. A 182 average, which is the second highest in the on the team in that seven-day slate. 280 wow. OBB, uh, 409 slugging. Yeah, it was it was kind of hard to pick a player of the game, a player of the week this week, just because of how bad of a week it was. Uh, Bennett, who are you going with this week? Uh, I'll go with Mitch as well. I mean, he's the only person who's really been okay. I would oh, I would want to say productive. And you guys can't see the video feed, but Omari's been muted for the past ten minutes. That guy's not been sneezing. 
not just because it's the Mariners talk, but the dude is literally dying from allergies. He's crying and sneezing and like choking. Uh, but anyways, I, I would have to give it to Mitch Hanniger. He's the only person who's really been a baseball player this week. Uh, our pit, you know what? Honestly, though, we've had some good outings from some of the pitchers. Aside from the sixteen and the nine, uh, we have been okay at pitching. And also against the Padres, you have to realize this is probably the most electrifying team in baseball right now. Between Tatis and the rest of their bats, Austin Nola, the goat, Mariners legend Austin Nola. Um, it, they're a great team, and they've trounced some other teams before. Not quite like sixteen to one, but they've trounced before. So um, it, it's not a huge surprise to me. This week didn't come as a surprise to me that it was going to be a struggle of a week because we had some really tough opponents coming up, but. Um, Mitch Hanniger kind of was that guy for part of it. So, uh, if I had to like choose a different one than you, Kyle Lewis. Yeah, and aside aside from that three pitch strikeout to end the four to six <sighs> game, oh my goodness. To to Bennett's point, Mitch Hanniger's. I think I think it's safe to say Mitch Hanniger's been the best all around player we've had this year. Um, so. I don't think it's any bad thing to 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 honor him in that way. Um, the team sits in a 22 and 26 record right now. They're still third in the AL West behind Oakland. Uh, Oakland for now, Ooh, they could move, uh, which I don't know. That would be weird, but they play in a shit stadium. Um, I don't know. I don't know what happens with the Athletics. Um, and they're currently, yeah, I think I said that they're third in the AL West. Uh, injury news. Oh boy. Oh boy. Do we have some injury news and rosters roster moves for you? So, uh, as of May 20th, the Mariners had nine players from the opening day roster on the injury list, Dylan Moore, Ty France, Evan White, Jake Fraley, Marco Gonzalez, James Paxton, Nick Margavichus, Casey Sadler, and Keenan Middleton, Keenan Middleton. Oh wait, no. And this did not include LJ Newsom, who is not on the opening day roster. Uh, May 21st roster moves. Jacob Nottingham was claimed off waivers again from Milwaukee. If you're not familiar with why I say that, it's because earlier in the season, Nottingham was on waivers with Milwaukee. The Mariners acquire him off waivers. Then Milwaukee said, hey, we want him back. <laughs> so they paid the Mariners to get him back. Um, and he came back and had like a two home run game. And then the Mariners, uh, the Brewers put him back on waivers. And so he's now back with the Mariners. Um, Jose Godoy was selected from AAA Tacoma. Luis Torrens was optioned down to AAA Tacoma after. Uh, I'm not happy with Luis. Catcher that we've seen for the last five years. Well, he had a he had a grand slam, I think, yesterday. Yeah, well, Mike Zunino played in the playoffs, so. Oh yeah, you're right. Uh, Brady Lale was designated for assignment. Jose Marmaleos was designated for assignment. Keenan Middleton was reinstated from the 10 day injury list. After straining his right biceps, uh, Aaron Fletcher was recalled from AAA Tacoma. Wyatt Mills was recalled from AAA Tacoma. Johan Ramirez was also recalled. Uh, Eric Campbell was selected from AAA Tacoma. Robert Duggar, Anthony Mashevitz, Drew Steckenrider, and Will Vest were all placed on the injury list due to COVID-related uh, close contact worries. Um, a lot of the – oh, well, I, I'll go through the May 22nd ones, and then I'll say that piece. 
the Mariners traded Domingo Tapia to Kansas City in exchange for cash considerations. Uh, farewell, Domingo. Uh, Jerry Depoto announced that Seattle claimed left-handed pitcher Daniel Zamora from New York, uh, the New York Mets. He'll be assigned a AAA Tacoma. Uh, Robert Duggar and Anthony Mashevitz were reinstated from the injury list. Uh, Aaron Fletcher and Wyatt Mills were optioned down to AAA Tacoma. Uh, and now I'll get to it. Several of the moves that were made uh, in the pitching aspect were made due to COVID related issues. Uh, most of the ball club remains unvaccinated and they're well under the 85% threshold. Uh, it's a major issue for the team and it needs to be corrected ASAP. I don't care what you think about it. Um, whatever stance that you have, whether it's fear about it or you think it doesn't work or whatever there there's science for it. So whatever is holding you back from getting your shots please do your research, not the research that your cousin, Billy Bob, or the guy from high school posted on his Facebook, do real research and learn that these things are real. They're safe and that they're helping us get out of this pandemic. There's a reason that they're unvaccinated sections. I have not died yet. I have not grown a third arm. I don't have gamma radiation. I'm fine. Yeah, but I can shoot electricity through my eyes. Oh, uh, I didn't I mean, get. Omari I didn't get that. Stretch his limbs oh, very far. I didn't get either oh, of those. And the way he told me, he slapped me from Chicago. I was. Oh, I didn't get one of those. Why didn't you slap me, bro? We're in a pandemic. What you slap Bennett? Uh, yeah. he washed his hands. You want me to slap two people? Yeah. This is awkward now. We're gonna That's just weird. Let's, let's end this. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, it's it's it is concerning that we're well under the eighty five percent threshold. But I know that Taylor Trammell and Keenan Milton have their shots. So major props to those guys. Um, and we're not done with roster moves. May twenty third, uh, Bree Lale was claimed off of waivers by the Philadelphia Phillies. So best of luck, Mister Lale. Uh, Jose Marmaleos cleared waivers and he was outrighted to Triple A Tacoma. Wyatt Mills was recalled from Tacoma. Kendall Graveman was placed on the injured list. Uh, that's a COVID-related one. I know that. Uh, May 24th, the Mariners claimed infielder Travis Blakenhorn. Blankenhorn? Blakenhorn. Off waivers from the LA Dodgers. Uh, he was optioned to AAA Tacoma. Ty France was activated from the 10-day injury list after left wrist inflammation. Uh, Sam Haggerty was placed on the 10-day injured list after right shoulder inflammation. <sighs> That has been your injury and roster move related information. I don't remember if I said this last week, but uh, Braden Bishop was claimed off of waivers by San Francisco. Uh, he will join his brother Hunter down in the Bay Area, uh, wishing Mr. Bishop all the best of luck with his new ball club and hoping that people still continue to support him and his foundation for mom. Uh, they do some good stuff over there. Uh, he's a UW product, so was, you know, hoping to see him stay with the club but obviously we've got a loaded outfield uh right now even you know considering taylor tramell is down in tacoma beating up poor uh triple a pitchers so um yeah he's definitely um he's definitely when you get sent like you know when you're playing the show and you get sent back down to triple a and you get really pissed so you like turn batting (laughs) difficulty onto rookie boom 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 and you're just like freaking Fernando tottising balls over the wall every two minutes. It's just like that's basically what's happening with Tillotramel. Even with Julio Rodriguez over and ever, that's ridiculous. Our farm system. Ugh. No, man, Bennett, you have to be angry and panic and be upset. You're right. No happiness. You're right. Um, upcoming schedule. It. it I'll say this right now. On paper, 
It doesn't look horrible, but obviously paper doesn't mean anything as we're also electronically based here at certainly Salesforce podcast um, upcoming schedule. The Mariners will take on the athletics on the 25th and 26th to close out a three game series. Then they will travel back home um, and they will play the Rangers four times on the 27th, 28th, 29th, and 30th. Um, the Rangers are a poverty franchise and I hope that we can uh, write the ship after what happened last week. Obviously it's a 162 game season. Um, and you're going to face slumps, but man, last week was rough, very rough. Um, time now for your weekly Homs Seattle uh, advertisement. Uh, Homs has your back in a loving big brother kind of way. Our goal is to change the mental health conversation one heart at a time. I know that Homs just related, uh, related, just dropped. I don't know why I said related. That's weird. Homs uh, released. I'm looking for released. That was the word there. Uh, woman season one collection. I know that stock is low on most of the products, so it'd be good to go and check that out now before they're all sold out. Uh, it is season one, so I'm assuming there'll be multiple seasons, but they've got some stuff go- good stuff going on. So go check out Homs Seattle. Uh, the link to the website is in our partnership tab on the website, as well as if you look up homsseattle.com. Uh, it's all right there for you. Go check it out. We will now change hats once again. Uh, disappointed that nobody else changes hats with me. Sad. Um, to the Seattle Sounders, uh, on May 23rd, they played Atlanta United FC, their first time playing Atlanta this year. They would draw one-to-one. Uh, player of the game would be Raul Rui Diaz with his first goal. Well, not his first goal. His goal in the sixth minute. Uh, his sixth goal in seven matches for Raul. Uh, Atlanta would later tie an 86th minute on a faulty penalty kick, but I digress. Um, the team has their best start in uh, franchise history uh, with, I believe it's five wins, uh, zero losses and two draws. Let me just uh, make 100% sure on that. Yes. Five wins, two draws, zero losses. They have 17 points in the MLS. That is the most in the league. So they are top of the table in the Western Conference and in the league, uh, which is always good. But, you know, you'd like a better result there against Atlanta. Uh, Injury-related news, head coach Brian Schmetzer said that Captain Nicholas Ladero will miss the next two matches while he recovers from knee inflammation. Not the most encouraging news, but, excuse me, it's good that it's an update. Um, And bear in mind, the Sounders have their best start in franchise history without one of their best players in Nico Ladero. And they're playing without Jordan Morris, who's been injured after his loan um, with Swansea. So pretty exciting to see that Uh, the MLS announced newest kits for all teams, prime blue, which are made with ocean parley plastic. Now uh, I will show the boys those right now, Seattle Sounders parley jerseys. We will go to share screen. Boop. Boop. I'm interested because Omari hates soccer jerseys. Oh, this is not the right one. It's these ones. The so all the teams basically have these. They just uh where they have the the uh why is it showing the back of it? That's weird. Sorry, it's being slow. Oh no, I don't want twenty percent off my order. It's being slow. I yeah, I, 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 yeah, I can see. It looks like a Call of Duty gun skin camo. It does. Mm, yeah, it's just so. all the teams in the MLS have this kit, except it's like their logo here and their ad sponsor here. 
Honestly, um, I will always hate the sound of shirts as long as they're with Zoom Lily. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's it so is really weird. hard to take any, like... Can we at least change the font of the Zulily? They fuck. It, it's I mean, hard if to you want to go to the company, then anyone seriously when they have just a big old brand. It's okay. I'll, I'll have Bennett call them. I know he got connects. Uh, especially uh, the Lakers with the uh, Wish.com logo. It is hilarious. Do you like this one better, Omari? No. Yeah. Low key. I don't. I don't. I've never liked. Your name's not Omari, though. So I know, but I've never liked. It's just the font that really bothers me. What about this one? The black Xboxes were always like nasty. Yeah, those are those are a classic. Are we not going to talk about the reminder that Chuck has birthday for himself? What is it? The little sticky note. Oh yeah. Nope, we're not. Um. So there was those. uh, Those are made of ocean parley plastic, which I guess is cool, but. Eh. Uh, roster moves the team selected Stanford goalkeeper Andrew Thomas off of waivers following the conclusion of the NCAA men's soccer season. He has a pre-signed contract with the MLS and now is on Sander FC's first team roster, which is interesting considering the team already has Spencer Ritchie and Stefan Cleveland um, at goalkeeper. So I, I'm sure I'm assuming that's just insurance. Uh, they also signed defender Abdullaye Sisisco uh, to a first team contract from the Tacoma Defiance. So that's exciting for him to get that promotion. Uh, the team does sit at five, two and nothing, as I've said several times, uh, first in the Western conference and first in the MLS with 17 points. And they will look to next week, uh, May 30th versus Austin FC at home, Seattle storm time to change the hat again. Oh, let's go. This was, this was like what I was waiting for this episode. Um, yeah, so the team played three games this past week, uh, May 18th versus the aces, uh, in the second game of the series, a rematch, a second game of the season, a rematch of the opening game. They would lose 96 to 80, uh, Las Vegas made some good adjustments, uh, and they're, they're a championship contender. So it's not really a surprise, uh, player of the game forward, Brianna Stewart with 26 points, 11 rebounds, one assist, one steal and two blocks May 20th at the Minnesota Lynx. This was a big game and, I didn't expect it to be a big game. I know that the Lynx are a founding team in this league, but ugh. Uh, the team would win 90 to 78. Uh, they roared back in a huge comeback after being down 19 points to get their first road win of the year in their first road game of the year. That, uh, played... that ending run was one of the most nastiest things I've seen in basketball, like ever period, like no matter what level of the sport, collegiate, high school, professional, that was like, what was the ending run like? Twenty-seven to ten. Yeah, like, that. Um, I'm trying to find. Let me look, look. Let me look at the first fourth quarter. But you go ahead. I'll get it. Uh, well, the first quarter. The fourth quarter stat line was thirty-seven to fifteen. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking ridiculous. And I mean, like, if you look at it, the storm. I mean, they didn't even have that great of a performance. Their best player only scored thirteen points. Brianna Stewart uh, was far from the best player of the game for the storm and geez, they just like found a way to grind back. Their bench was a big help as opposed to the links bench. And uh, just what a game. I, I, I can't stress how much I've never witnessed a comeback like that. It, and it, the numbers are kind of lying to you a little bit because if you watch that first half of basketball, it, the storm looked like a tired team. 
Yeah, and to Bennett's point, uh, Jordan Canada had, off the bench had 16, and Candace Dupree had 10. So good contributions there. Um, and for the most part, the Lynx bench was quiet. I mean, Crystal Dangerfield had 22 points on 10 for 16 shooting. Yeah, but she had starter minutes that game. Yeah, she did. She did. Um, yeah, she was basically the sixth starter. Uh, were you going to say something? Did I cut you off? No. Nah. Um, but player of the game for that game would Jewel Lloyd, uh, 23 points, five rebounds, four assists, three steals, and a block. And then the Dallas game. The Dallas game, the team would win 197. This game was a game that almost went in double overtime. Uh, they did win in single overtime. Uh, player of the game, Brianna Stewart, 36 points, 11 rebounds, five blocks, five blocks, uh, and three assists. Uh, in this game also, Stewie became the fastest player to 2,500 points and 1,000 rebounds in WNBA history. Man, I don't know why they had to make those last two games, you know, Edge of the seat games, uh, they both. Oh no, uh, oh no, yeah, both of those games were Commissioner Cup games. So the Sounders, Sounders, <laughs> the Storm are undefeated in the Commissioner Cup, Commissioner's Cup right now. Yes, they are. It's Commissioner's Cup. It's a. Uh, have you seen that the NBA is like looking at a mid, uh, like a midseason tournament? Omari, have you seen that? Yeah, that's basically the, the WNBA is running with it. Um, I know they were talking about it in 2019 and they're going to put it in there. It's basically uh, you'll get 16 games throughout the season uh, that count towards the cup. And the, I think, I don't know if there's a tournament for it. I just think whoever's got the most amount of wins or points towards it uh, around the mid season mark or right after the Olympic break in June uh, will play for the, for uh, half a million dollars, um, and it's just like a little mid-season incentive thing, I guess. Um, but I know that the w- the NBA now is, uh, I think they're looking to add it next year. Um, but the WNBA has already instituted it uh, this year. Um, and the Storm's only loss is a game that was not a Commissioner's Cup game. So that's, that's kind of funny. Um, but that's basically what it is. It's like a mid-season tournament and the winner gets 500K uh, incentivizes, I guess. I like that. I feel like basketball seasons are so long. And it's like it's nice to add in like a little thing in the middle to keep people like motivated. Cause you know, no one's watching every single you'll watch every single like Seahawks game. You know. No one's watching every single storm game. You know, you're gonna miss one or two. Well, even yeah, you look at the the lengths of some of these games. I mean some of these seasons around the different sports with eighty two seasons in the NBA and hundred and sixty two games obviously for the Mariners. So, you know. I, I think you make a good point there. You know, keep keep uh keep the competition awake, I guess, in a way. Um no injury news, which is always good to report. Um where's the wood to knock on? Um and team notes. Uh, Mercedes Russell and Epiphany Prince were added back to the roster um as Katie Lou Samuelson uh had her contract suspended as she is joining the team USA three V three Olympic qualifiers. Uh I have news on that in a second. The team has twelve players on the roster, thirteen total. Uh, once Katie Lou returns, somebody else will probably need to be cut um, or their contract will be suspended again. I know that's kind of difficult. I'm not 100% sure on that. Um, WNBA ratings were up 25% for the opening weekend. Uh, and then Katie Lou Samuelson, uh, who left after that Las Vegas Aces game, uh, the loss went on to help Team USA win the 3v3 international tournament on the 23rd. So congrats, Team USA. Congrats, Katie Lou Samuelson. 
Uh, and then Brianna Stewart, I mean, I don't think this is going to be any surprise, uh, was named Western Conference Player of the Week for week one, uh, averaged 25.8 points per game, 10.5 rebounds per game, and 2.25 blocks per game. She is currently the leader in points per game, third in rebounds, uh, and fifth in blocks per game. Uh, looking ahead, the team will take on the Connecticut Sun, who are 5-0 and so far this year um, at home. Ben and I will be at that game. Um, Woo! That will not be a Commissioner's Cup game, so I don't know that uh, the the Sun are five and zero, and they've. The, so you guys are going to games without me. You're in Chicago. When's the game? Tomorrow. At seven. Man, what what do you want? You gonna get on a flight? I mean, like, y'all at least y'all at least could have asked or something. Like, we got a group chat. Like, I went ugh. to go see Joker with another friend in October while Amari was in Chicago, and Amari threw the biggest hizzy fit that we did. <laughs> Bro, it's just, I still would have asked. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Come on, dude. I mean, we've still got the summer. You'll be back. Uh, there will be more opportunity. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll get Omari out. Um, and then the 28th, the team will play the Minnesota Lynx, who are 0-3, and, and we've already seen this year at home. They'll play them back in Everett um, on the 28th at 7 p.m. Uh, so that is our storm week. That was, I mean, even the loss to the Aces isn't even that big of a to me at least, just considering that they're a really good team and that they're going to fire on all cylinders at some point. Um and I don't doubt that there's another, there might be a finals rematch this year, but we obviously have to get to that point as we're only uh, four games in to the storm season. So uh, my Astro athletics, they have a summer collection dropping, I believe tomorrow or Wednesday. So I would check out my Astro athletics. Um, I know that they've got big stuff coming. Homs has big stuff coming. There's a lot going on this summer. So uh, Maestro Athletics is also um, linked in the partnership tab of the website. So go check that out. Uh, Seattle Kraken related news. We have some things here for you to look at. No, oh, I don't have my Kraken hat down here. So I'll just. Uh, the team is planning to interview free agent coach Rick Tuchet, uh, his first known candidate for the head coaching position. He spent 1984 through 2002 as a player. Uh, playing with the Philadelphia Flyers, Pittsburgh Penguins, Los Angeles Kings, Boston Bruins, Washington Capitals, and Phoenix Coyotes. Uh, he has coached in the NHL since 2002 with Tampa Bay and Arizona. Um, that's something to note. There hasn't been any news outside of that, outside of him being interviewed. So something to keep an eye on as this team is still looking for a head coach. Uh, the team is rumored to have interviewed Leafs director of pro scouting, Troy Bodie for a front office position. And then on May 21st, the team would sign Bodie as the director of hockey and business operations in Palm Springs, where he will play a role in building the Seattle Kraken's future AHL franchise. Something to note there uh, as obviously as we've learned with the Mariners, you need to have somewhat of a minor league team system and a farm system to grow your players. You can't just acquire everybody kind of like some other franchises and different sports. Um, in 2021 NHL draft news, this is something for you guys to pay attention to and sort of note uh, the Kraken had some draft lottery news related to them come up. Uh, the draft will be on June 2nd, 2021. Uh, no, the draft lottery. My apologies. Uh, the Kraken have a guaranteed top five pick. They have tied for the third best odds to pick first overall, and they will have the third pick in rounds two through seven. 
So basically what the NHL's done is they've said that it's basically like they made us the third worst team in the league and we have a guaranteed top five pick. I think that's pretty cool. I uh, noticed uh, the last time they added a new team, I think it was, what was it, Vegas? Yep. Yeah, Vegas has been really good since. So I think they're really setting this up to be successful. Yeah, that's 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 the thing, Omari, is that like if, if we were having to vie for expansion with another team, then we'd have to like wait for their picks. You know what I mean? we're basically just taking the eighth best person on each, each team. Um, so yeah, in theory, you know, obviously things have to happen, but it should really set us up for success. And Vegas has been, I don't remember the last time. I don't know if his Vegas has been bad in their existence. Um, Vegas is big. Oh, Vegas leads their current playoff series versus the Minnesota wild right now. Uh, four to two. I know that Vegas, uh, they were second in their division this year. Well, they were second in the West. My apologies. Um, so yeah, no, they, <laughs> they, they, they hit the ground running, um, and that's hopefully what the Kraken look to do. Um, again, looking ahead for this team, the expansion draft is on July twenty first. Uh, we're getting there. We're getting there, boys. Uh, but still, the draft lottery is on the second, and that's what just uh, that's a week away. So just about. Huh? I said just about. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Oh, well, Rain. This was very exciting because looking into this game last week, uh, Portland had just come off a 5 nothing win versus Chicago. Chicago kind of sucks. Uh, hey, hold on, hold on. The Red Stars suck. Not the city of Chicago. <laughs> I'm not saying nothing about the city of Chicago. Yes, calm down. <laughs> yeah, y'all's pizzas are just casseroles. Okay, I let's, let's not Chicago style pizza. They're a little bit too thick for me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for reference, the Red Stars are oh one and one, and they have the worst goal differential in the league, and they sit at the bottom of the table. That's why I say they suck. Um, so anyway, let's get to the game. May twenty third versus the Portland Thorns. This is a Cascadia rivalry. The rain would win two to one and a really big win for this club simply because, I mean, they, they came to a draw versus the courage. Um, and the courage have been a good franchise. They won the whole thing in 2019 and there was no really regular season 2020. So the, the, the courage are basically the reigning champs. Um, and Portland's been a good franchise and they've got a lot of good pieces. They won the challenge cup this year. Um, so to beat Portland down in Portland was really good to see. Uh, Megan Rapino scored in the ninth minute, I believe, and then Shirley Cruz scored in the 14th. Um, and then they just really held on for the rest of the, the game. I can't really give a definitive um, player of the game just because those two goals were so huge. Um, if I had to look at it, doot Oh, shoot. I don't know if. Mm, I want individual like shots on goal, but ESPN doesn't do that. That's lame. I'm just going to give it, I'm just going to give co player of the game as well as uh player of the game to Karen Bardsley, keeping Portland out of goal uh, except for the one. So that was a big win for this club just because they're really looking to get their identity um, and really looking to put their stake in this league. Again, they've been a, a founding franchise in NWSL and they've got some big acquisitions coming, which I'll get to in team news. Uh, I did make an article about it for the blog. So if you know how to get to the website, check out the blog. Um, we'll get that into a second. Uh, injury news for that Portland game. 
there were three players out. Uh, Celia was out with a right thigh injury. Allie Watt uh, still recovering from her right knee surgery. She should be back later in the season. Uh, and then Quinn had a low, low, left lower leg injury and did not play in that game versus Portland. Team-related news. If you know anything about the U.S. Women's National Team and the, wor- the, the yeah, World Cup, You'll know who Rose Lavelle is. Rose Lavelle is joining the Oil Reign. Uh, she joins the Oil Reign as the team owns her NWSL rights. Uh, she's coming back off of loan with Manchester City. She'll be a huge boost to the midfield that's already crowded with talent. Um, she'll, wear, she'll wear number 16 for the Reign, and she started training. She'll start training on the 26th uh, with the team, which is the day that this actually comes out. And she, oh wait, no, that's tomorrow. That's Wednesday. My apologies. Um, and she will be available for the May 30th match versus the Washington spirit. So my only thing is um, the rain have announced some really big transfers uh, that'll be here in June. Uh, those should be here all in June. And it's just like, you've got all these pieces. How do you make them all work together? Right. Um, so that's, that's um because if, if you, I, I'd check out the blog. It just makes things easier. And I had more time to just because I don't want to, you know, keep you guys too, around too long. And I don't want to make this a really, really, really long episode. Um, but it's, there's some big acquisitions coming. And again, it's just like, how do I fit these pieces in and make the train go? I have to put these all together and make sure that it's a well-oiled machine. How do I do that? So that's on Coach Fareed, Vince Didi. Uh, to do i am not in the front office so i won't have to worry about that necessarily um what happened they fire you hey man this is this is confidential okay uh <laughs> uh the team records well, did fire you no i didn't say that mm, okay mm, okay you know what I'm, I'm not gonna get you guys media passes later this year it's just gonna be me Oh no! <laughs> uh, the team sits at a two-one and one record. Uh, they are third now in the table, only behind uh, Louisville um, and Orlando. Uh, even though all teams have four points, uh, Orlando no Louisville does has a, the plus two goal differential. Um, oh yeah, they've got the plus two goal differential. So that I think that's all that puts them apart. Um, they send third in the cup in the table and they will play the Washington spirit on May 30th at home in lovely Shaney stadium in Tacoma. Um, no Seattle supersonics news, sad face, no Seattle dragons news. Wait till next year. Forget about it. You. Uh, UW, I have made a separate section just to address the PAC 12 and general college news. Um, PAC 12 clears the way for transfers. Uh, they are the latest power five conference to eliminate the intra-conference transfer rule that made student athletes wait the year uh, to transfer within the conference. Uh, the NCAA is eyeing clarity on paying athletes. Uh, the division one council plans on clarifying athlete pay rules in June uh, in a meeting with the goal of putting a legislation in place by July 1st. So I'm not sure how that will go. Right. But I don't know, something to uh, something to note. Uh, and the Pac-12 these did see a revenue uptick. Uh, the conference saw a slight uptick in revenue as it distributed $403 million for the 2019-2020 academic year, which is up from a previous year despite dealing with the pandemic. Um, football, uh, the only thing there is that the game against Michigan in Ann Arbor was announced to be a 4.30 p.m. Pacific time start on ABC September 11th. 
uh, basketball, UW landed PJ Fuller. If you are from the Seattle area, you might know who PJ Fuller is. Uh, via transfer, uh, the former TCU player transferred to UW after spending two years with the Horned Frogs down in TCU. Uh, Bennett's playing with his cup stack. Uh, I, I was not even remotely aware <laughs> that I was not currently muted. I've been uh, playing a clip for like the last five minutes. Wait, are you actually flipping something? Uh, no, a, a chip clip. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought it was a cup stack. I was like, did I call that? Um, the team, the UW women's basketball team added transfer Lauren Schwartz. Schwartz, not Schwartz. Schwartz, uh, who is a forward from Rice University. So in the past few weeks, we've seen uh, a couple of Rice transfers after their head coach come, came to UW. Uh, she was the second leading scorer for Rice in his top threat from three-point range during the Owls WNIT championship run. She announced that she will enroll at UW and join the Huskies for the 2021-2022 season. Uh, baseball, baseball saw a winning series this week. Yay, baseball. May 21st versus Utah. They would lose, though, 3-7. to seven. Uh, Play the game left fielder Preston Viltz with one hit, one run, two RBIs. May 22nd versus Utah. The team would win 2-1. to one. Play the game where his pitcher Tyson Guerrero was six innings pitched, zero earned runs, and three hits. May 23rd versus Utah Utes. The team would win 6-5 to five to close out the series and get a series win on senior weekend. Uh, player of the game would be first baseman Michael Snyder with three hits, three runs, and one RBI. The team sits in a lovely 19-28, and 28, last in the Pac-12, and will travel on the road for the final series of the year uh, to play the Cougars in Pullman May 27th, 28th, and 29th. This is the meat and potatoes. This is what Ben and I have been excited about. Softball. All right, so we're not in regular season anymore. We are in the NCAA tournament. The team, as you know from our angry words last week, uh, the team has the 16th seed in the tournament and had to play uh, regionals. Um, well, they had to play them at home, uh, but they should have hosted a regional, a super regional. Uh, May 21st versus Portland State in NCAA regionals, and they would win three to nothing. Uh, play the game shortstop Sis Bates with two hits and two runs. May 22nd versus Michigan in those regionals, they would lose one to two um, as two Michigan players got so solo homers off of Gabby Plain. Uh, player of the game would be catcher Morgan Flores with one hit, one run, and one RBI. So with that loss to Michigan, they had to play Seattle U and win to be able to play Michigan again and then force a third game against the Wolverines. Now they would win against Seattle U eight to nothing in five innings. Player of the game would be designated hitter Noel He with two hits, one run, and four RBIs, setting up a pivotal game against Michigan on the 23rd. Gabby Plain would step out into that game, uh, and obviously a must win, and the Huskies would win two to nothing. Pitcher the player of the game, pitcher Gabby Plain, was seven innings pitched, zero earned runs, two hits, and eight strikeouts in that complete game, obviously, which would set up a, a, a decisive game three. Uh, with a winner advancing to Super Regionals against Oklahoma down in Norman um, 30 minutes after the first game that day. So they get 30 minutes of a break, and then they come back. And who else was on the mound but Gabby playing for that game? The team would win 10-5 to after being down 6-1 to in the second inning, uh, mounting a furious comeback and really just I don't have words, really. Uh, play the game, I have to split them. Uh, third baseman Bailey Klingler with three hits, two runs, and an RBI, as well as pitcher Gabby Plain, uh, who uh, gave up the five runs in the second inning, which was really, you know, 
something that's uncharacteristic of her. Uh, but Michigan's a good program. They shouldn't have been unseated. Um, we shouldn't have really played Michigan in this in this regional, but that's that's up for this stupid committee. Um, but after that, she would face 15 batters to end the game, and she would she would eliminate all 15 of those batters. Uh, and she had two complete games in one day, shutting out Michigan after that second inning. Uh, I you know. <laughs> The team stayed resilient, beating Michigan to advance to the Super Regionals. Uh, two games in that one day. They will travel down to play the number one ranked Oklahoma Sooners in Super Regionals in Norman, Oklahoma. Um, they have a record now of 45-12. and 12, uh, And all three games, if necessary, that third game, uh, will be on ABC. Uh, May 28th on ABC, they will play Oklahoma. May 29th, they will play on ABC at Oklahoma. And then if necessary... Uh, on May 30th, they will play on ABC at Oklahoma. So, man, yeah, that was okay. No, I have to address this. Uh, I sent it to Bennett earlier. Um, I don't remember who it was, and I don't think it's important to name these idiots. But the day after that, that night, um, that the softball team came back, all that a couple of these fucking nerds on KJR could talk about was complaining about how much Gabby Plain was smiling and asking why she was smiling. You know, I just think that's fucking horseshit reporting. That's horseshit media. I mean, and this is like the home, this is the flagship station for the Huskies. And this, well, first off, she's smiling because she's like... Dominant. She's like 33 and 2. Who's like, what's her ERA? Three, maybe. And that might be a stretch. I love Gotta be sub three. But like, first off, shut up. She can smile if she wants to. Second off, why is that what you're talking about? Yeah. <laughs> it's just, you know, absolute dog shit. And we could do better than that. I mean, you know, really, when you're a dominant, you, you throw two complete games in the same day. And you win both of them? And you win both of them? You're talking about her smiling. I mean, come on. Fucking Bush League. All the time. Why is she smiling? If you're on the mound, you should be grimacing. and. Blah, 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 That's blah. an unwritten rule of softball. No. Uh, God, let me let me find that uh, ERA for you, Benno. Um, but yeah, that I, I saw that. Like one of the first things I saw this morning, I was like, oh, that's wonderful. Nothing better to talk about, I guess. Um, Gabby playing. Oh, yeah. She's got a 1.23 ERA with a 32-3 and record uh, and the second most strikeouts in the nation. You know, just shut the fuck up. Bush League KJR shit. It's really just a fucking embarrassment that they're the the flagship for UW and the Huskies deserve better. So um, pardon my vulgarities, pardon my French, pardon my bad language, but I mean, really, it's just terrible reporting. Uh, it's almost as bad as I don't remember what news station it was, uh, but almost as bad as omitting the Storms championship win from a 2020 sports year in review. And you just don't acknowledge that. It's terrible. It's Bush League. And it's uh, it's why here the Salesforce circling Salesforce podcast. We cover the Mariners, Sounders, Seahawks, Storm, Rain, uh, Dragons, Kraken, Sonics and seven UW athletics teams. So, you know. We do things right over here. Um, but anyway, that has been our week. 
busy week in review. Uh, Stormer hitting on cylinders. The Mariners are looking to bounce back after a six-game losing streak. The Seahawks are in their offseason kind of in a no-man's land for the time being. Uh, the Sounders are still uh, on their best start in regular season history. No, in uh, in franchise, best start in franchise history. Uh, Kraken are looking at a, a potentially big start to their franchise as a whole. Uh, and UW softball is continuing to roll into Super Regionals versus Oklahoma. So for Bennett Omari, uh, this is Charles Hammaker saying that we will see you next week on the Circling South Sports Podcast. I'm going to send it here to Omari for his favorite fact that he learned over the past week. Uh, uh, <laughs> I'm putting you yeah. on the spot. I'm putting you on the spot for a reason. Actually, no, give me a second. My favorite fact that I learned in the past week is that there's cicadas in Chicago. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. terrifying. Terrifying. I hate yeah. cicadas. Those are scary boys. Yeah. Um, and also, real quick, uh, shout out to Kenny Main. Oh, He's yeah. Pirate. He shouldn't have ever been. Uh, removed from ESPN. That's Washington legend. Met him in the flesh. Awesome yeah. guy. Um, I'm upset that I didn't stay for that picture. Sad he, uh, sad he had to hang up the hat prematurely. Um, He'll still be doing stuff, but just not for ESPN. Kenny Kent legend. Kent That's the legend. only time that I'll, I'll allow you to say Kent legend. Kent yeah. legend. <laughs> we'll see you guys next week. Baba Booey.